0: Two, ready, one. Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast where you hear big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm getting prepared. Ominous beginning. Sure, yes. Also joining us, Jed Burr, the director of Mission USA Productions. I don't know what we're getting prepared for. I'm a little concerned. Less ominous but confused. Which you need that character in every Ominous movie, too. Absolutely. Why are we all afraid of that castle, guys? We should just go up there. Probably be great. Let's do it. (laughs) So joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger.
1: Glenn told me I can only eat SpaghettiOs for the rest of my life in this bunker.
2: Yeah. That's right.
0: That's just because Glenn's in the pocket of big pasta. Yeah. (laughs) Pardon me, big boy RD.
3: Yeah. Mm. They are survival-os, and they cost $500 a can.
0: (laughs) But they help your brain chemistry?
2: Something like that. Enough
0: of this nonsense, I declare an emergency! Whoa. Uh, Is the emergency going to be less nonsense?
2: Well, definitely. (laughs) This is very important. Um, Now, uh, a lot of people don't know this but when you're listening to the podcast we don't we don't we're doing knows it live this. you know it's not a live thing but, but we're everybody doing knows it right that. now well i'm alive it's right now it's we, live right it's now it's live now yeah okay but here's my what, eyes already twitching i i asked matt like we're doing this like when are people gonna listen to it you
0: i assume know, like, they're listening right now right Because, that's because what we're doing, doing it right, right now is the only time they're not listening
2: but, he, but matt said they can just
1: like Download it whenever. On but, demand. But mm. when Jed said the words right now, that's when they heard it. They didn't like, they heard Jed say the words right now. That's my uh, whole They point. heard that when he said right now. Yes. Now,
2: what I'm understanding about this is the podcast is everywhere at all times. Yeah. So that's right. That's sure what working out.
0: Sure. It's omnipresent. So, it's the OmniCast.
2: So, you're listening to the OmniCast. Now, you could be listening in the year 3000. Sure, You're we're probably are. on your rocket sled. Yes, and uh, will, the, will
0: the sled have made a big comeback by the year two thousand? Could be. You never People know. Sledding. We skipped I over the rocket car, went right to the. Sled. I another lived. Ice Age
2: rocket yeah. sleds. Everybody, right, right, settle right. in. Obviously, I mean, you know. Okay, so here's what's happening. We got a, a an eclipse
0: happening. This mm. is true. We record this on Sunday, August twentieth, pre eclipse. Right. But by the time it comes out, it'll be. Wednesday August 23rd post eclipse maybe wow. everything's different now man yeah well
2: probably it is
0: now a lot of people out there have
2: a lot of questions sure like is it possible that there are aliens in a spaceship behind the moon yes. that will come out on, on the eclipse yes. and attack everybody
3: Well, sure that's possible i think it's a near certainty sure.
2: okay uh i don't you know I, can we call the movie about that the apocalypse i think we need to it's very good uh, the uh, so it could be an alien invasion, and if aliens have invaded uh, from the time we record this to the time yeah. that people are listening yeah. to it, I would like to say that I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. Absolutely. And a lot of people say you know aliens are bad, you know, but I say there's there's a lot of badness on both sides.
0: That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> they're invading. We're just sitting around getting invaded. Everybody did stuff, y'all. Absolutely. So, like, there's a lot of hate.
2: Like, there's there's aliens that are attacking with laser beams. Sure, and and that's hate. Sure. Then there's people who hate getting attacked by laser beams. Sure. There's there's nothing but hate,
0: y'all. Absolutely. I think we, I think that's right.
2: Okay. So I, you know, that's how that's my take on it. But, Very progressive.
0: But but here's what it
2: is is. Uh, there are the all of that stuff is conjecture mm. right mm. that's just uh we don't know for sure sure tell me what we know for sure there are serious health related concerns with an yeah. with an eclipse because oh. what happens is it, it eclipses right yeah right and people go out and they stare directly at the eclipse okay, okay? we have to tell people health warnings because if, if you get nothing else out of this podcast Health-related information. Sure, we
0: yeah. do hope this is your number one source for uh, public health warnings.
2: That's right. Now, here's what happens if you go outside and you you want to see it because that's sure. the whole thing. An eclipse has happened. I got to see this. Sure. So you go outside and you stare directly at the sun for ten or twenty minutes. That well, seems extreme. Here's what will happen: is you will get brain fever. Oh Ooh, wow! Okay. Because what is happening when the because the moon. It sure. goes in Is front that like
0: of McRib fever?
2: Well, no, <laughs> because here's what happens. It does come around every uh, 500 years. Oh, I thought maybe yeah. it was
0: a zombie thing, and you you got the brain fever on you now.
2: Well, okay, because here, first of all, moon goes in front of the sun. Sure. Here's what happens. You get moon rays go directly into your brain. Ooh, oh, that wow. sounds bad. If you stare at the moon, you're going to get uh, uh moon ray come right in there. It's all that lunar
0: radiation, sure. And you that's exactly you get, right. You get the lunacy exactly that's that Thank you. that's oh, on board. Now. Oh yeah.
2: That's now so let's talk about how can you tell if you have brain fever. Like what are the symptoms?
3: The symptoms of brain fever, well I think I think there's a few, of course. And we
0: you know we're we're not medical professionals on the show. Yeah no. I'm,
2: I'm um, no doctor, y'all.
0: No, I'm- I tried to let him, I tried to just let him let me do thoracic surgery once. I just showed up and said, I mean, I don't have like the paper, right. but I feel like I could really get in there and yeah. shake right. up the way you guys do things. That's right. Right. And right. they were just super uptight about it. That's right.
3: We're not doctors, but you know what we've got? We've got a lot of heart. Okay. Yeah, We care. We a lot of hustle. Care. Big medicine. Do they Maybe really care? Not so care. much. We care. Okay, here's the thing. Here's how you know if you or someone you care about might have, uh, what are we calling
0: this again? Brain, brain fever. fever. Brain fever. Um, <laughs> I feel th- like that's bad Eclipse branding, but we don't make these choices. That's that's in the DSM. Hey, I don't make this stuff up, y'all. <laughs> here,
3: here we go. Here are the warning signs. Do you feel the need to sleep approximately seven or eight hours in a 24-hour period? Right. You might have brain fever. Okay. Um, do you feel the need to ingest some form of food two, three, maybe even four times a day? Oh, right. You might have the brain fever. Wow. Okay. Well,
2: I think already I might be in danger. Yeah.
3: Now here's the good news. Now again, these are these are bizarre symptoms. Um, right. If you if you think you might have these, you want to take it seriously. The good news is we have a special tonic okay. that Ooh. that can help to cure the brain fever, if you think you could be at risk. Okay. The key thing to know is time is a factor. Okay. You don't want to play with brain fever. Should I
2: act act now? You
3: should act now. Wow. Wow. Look. (laughs) But wait, is there more? Uncle Glenn's special brain fever tonic. We have a limited supply available. Wow. It is $1,500 per fluid ounce, but can you put a price on your health?
2: I... I I think it's fifteen hundred. It? But no, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's, that was a rhetorical
0: question. You're
2: you're you're saying it's not extortionist. You really
0: just... need to get you really need to work on this part of the act for you and Glenn hit for you and Jed hit the state fair circuit. <laughs> That's right, we've never met before. Is that correct, sir? No, Jed, we have not. Wait, hang. Just saying, I don't mind that you guys use the podcast to get your huckstering together, but let's well, let's focus. We, we're working it out. We're
3: trying we're... to sell the people brain tonic.
2: That's right. Brain Everybody
3: tonic. Just be cool. Yeah.
2: You, Jed, mix
0: it in his bathtub. Let me
2: tell you what, you need brain tonic. And people out there, ha, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that clearly need brain tonic. You uh, know what I, I'm saying?
0: I think this is important medical advice, and don't yes. let me break your flow, but let me just put this. I think if we mix up a batch of Uncle Glenn's brain tonic during the eclipse, mm. will that imbue it with special powers? Obviously, it will. Yeah.
3: But given the narrowness of that time window, we can only brew up so
2: much. That's right. Because what it is is it's Probably. like, uh, <laughs> like you know, with a uh, 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 if they give you one of them viral boosters, you know, sure, like yeah. one of them, yeah. what do you call it? When like they a booster give you shot? The shot. And then they give you a little bit of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And then that, that cures you on it, yeah. right? Okay. Here's what's happening There's- here. You got to mix up the rain tonic. With the moon rays, yes, coming
0: down. So you're wow. saying you t- you take the uh, the hundred milliliters of brain tonic, only fifteen hundred dollars you steal it twice the price. Exactly. Right. You take that; it gives you a little brain fever. Yes, That's right. Your body's natural brain fever resources. Yeah,
2: you you're, you you got your uh, your antibodies. And you, you got you're
0: Yes, the dolphins solves everything. They
2: swarm around. They they're swimming <laughs> up and down your your bloodstream. Sure. And they're getting, they're dealing with the, the and the, you teach them how to fight the brain fever with that. Sure. Yeah.
0: They got to find the brain fever. It looks like plankton. Lovely. Yeah, it's just That's like just that. that. That's just basic science, okay? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Now, I think this is this is good, and I don't want to leave our firmly rooted scientific discussion. Right. But I do feel the need to bring one other thing to our attention. Please do. So, Glenn mentioned that we may have um, uh, an alien invasion. which I think yeah. is, I mean... I'm not, I don't want to get in a panic, but I'll put the odds of that at 80%. Sure. Because they've been, as Glenn points out, they've been hiding behind the moon. It's the perfect time. Yeah. But we also know eclipse, moon, werewolves. Yes.
2: Wow. Well, uh, uh, first of all, uh, that's just silly, really? is what that is. Because everybody knows the werewolves are not real.
0: Oh. Okay.
4: okay.
2: Uh, now, if we want to talk about real threats, we have to talk
1: about the Mole Man Uprising.
0: Ooh. Oh, I was foolish
1: because here's Do you what you think happens. that
0: two minutes of darkness is the perfect time for him to strike. Well, no, it's, here's not, what... it's
1: not the two minutes of darkness. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing on this is that people think they can look at the corona, right? As you're saying, oh, they're all looking darker. up. Everybody's retinas are burned out, and now the now our we don't have the advantage of our of our not mole man regular human eyesight.
2: This yep. what look they're going to reach up from underneath the dirt. Wow, grab you by the ankles. Yep. You know every horror movie they have that scene where they're <laughs> grabbing you and dragging you away yes. from the camera. Yeah, yes. sure. That, it's only it's like that only down. Yes. In the dirt. Yes. Follow what I'm saying. And you yes. can't
1: even see where you're going. You
2: can't see what's happening. It's dark and you got moon fever. It's a perfect time to strike. Yeah. Okay. But here's here's the thing is that they don't understand is the sun's coming back. Yeah. So that's the that's just we just have to hope that you you know, hold out. Now yeah. we've got an underground bunker, we're sure. protected.
1: But you but know, if, if you have if you have on hand a McRib sandwich, can you make a deal with a mole man? Ooh. I think. Let me tell you what.
2: If there's anything a mole man craves, it's a McRib sandwich. I mean, it's they true. Don't, they mm. don't have any of that technology underground. Right. No, they're yeah, eating- to, to give it the shape of ribs without actually having bones in it. Look, here's here's basically if you're a mole man, here's your diet. Carrots.
0: Yes. <laughs> sure.
2: Potatoes. Yes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're just reaching up for whatever's coming down at them. <laughs> yeah. They don't have no McRibs coming down. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Hold yes. on. You don't get a, root a McRib. Vegetable. You go plant a McRib in the ground, but it ain't going to grow any roots to go down to where the mole men are. That's just basic science. Absolutely. Y'all.
0: This is biology. You're okay? absolutely right. Let me pitch an even darker reality, okay. which is, at some point, they saw a lot of McRibs. Yes. Some of it gets thrown away. Somebody you know, is walking down the street so elated that they had McRib, and they stumble, and it falls through a sewer grate. Right. I think, at some point, a McRib has gotten to the Mole Man. Sure. Yes. So they got a taste for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But, below ground, they don't know when the McRib's coming back. Right, um, that's, right. It, that's right. It haunts them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It taunts their very souls. Yes. They feel that we've put this on them as the surface dwellers. Right, yes. So, what's the perfect time to strike? When mm-hmm. it's all evened out.
3: Okay. Right. Everything's
0: covered in darkness. They're mole that's man right. vision. Yeah. They're, I think if you're, all I'm saying is, I think if you're at a McDonald's during the eclipse, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's right. that's true. I think that's, that's what they're going to be storming.
2: They, they, well, you know what it is? It's like, you're like, uh, a, a, basically, like I don't know if you all saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. <laughs> but they're gonna be that's what it's gonna be. They're gonna be looking for that uh, holy uh uh Ark of the Covenant McRib scenario. To them it's like a urban legend. Like, do we even dare to believe it okay. could be true? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so they're they like whoever has
1: the McRib gonna probably rule the whole world. Sure. My question on this is obviously the podcast comes out on Wednesday. Right. right. The the apocalypse has already happened. Right. The moment have already risen up. Everybody's retinas are all burned out. It's right. a, there's a total equality of, of terrible eyesight in the light of day. Yeah, all the McRibs Mc, are gone. McDonald's have been stormed all across the world. Mole men are just slamming all the McRibs. Yep. Are all the Say That super fans feeling right now, as they listen to these words, feeling just a little ripped off? Like, why didn't you guys do, talk about this on the last show so we could have had like a utility belt of McRibs ready to go?
3: We did one better, Lee. It's a great question. Mm. Unca Glenn's rib pills. What we've done, we've taken the extract, concentrated (laughs) rib, right? right? And we've put it into a pill form that can survive in your bunker or your apocalypse scenario.
2: So okay. you just take one pill and that's the whole McRib.
3: That's the whole McRib yeah, right yeah. there. I mean, in a post apocalyptic scenario, you might be wondering how do you get your daily allowance of McRib? Sure. We've all been there. We've that's, all wondered about I've that.
2: I've asked myself that a thousand times.
3: Glenn, I'm glad you did. Sir, we don't know each other, do we?
2: I don't I've never seen you at all, Jed. <laughs>
3: what if I told you better? That's all I can say. Better. <laughs> what if I told you I had a pill that combined an entire McRib sandwich mm. with the illuminating powers of the moon Whoa. to give your body the kind of sustenance it needs day in and day out to handle the harsh climbs of a post-apocalyptic hellscape?
2: I'd say take my
3: money, strange You'd probably think, I'd easily pay five, six, seven hundred dollars $700 a pill for this, and you'd be right. It is $700 a pill, but wow. act now, quantities are limited.
2: Wow. Uh, now, does it expand in my stomach when I swallow No, it, it? stays
3: pill-sized. Oh, uh,
2: but it's the whole big grab is... Uh...
3: Don't ask any more questions.
0: <laughs> I told you Glenn wasn't the guy to be the plant, but he just insisted. We tried to let Lee be the plant, and Glenn just intentionally ruins it.
2: Okay, here's what I'm saying. We have to get onto the wisdom because if there's anything in an alien and mole man uprising littered landscape, which there's 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 violence on all sides. Sure, it's a war on two fronts. You know, know, that's that's what it is. But what's important (laughs) is that they those people have wisdom to look forward to. Sure, we have to get onto the wisdom. So on that basis, I declare emergency off.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And also on the basis that the McDonald's corporate headquarters is landed in Chicago, including their legal department. Can't stress enough, that segment very much not brought to you by the McDonald's Corporation. I'm loving it. <laughs> well Please don't sue us. <laughs> legally distinct. Legally distinct jingle brought to you by Jet Brewer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't sue us
0: <laughs> Yeah That's the way One thing That if uh, Hopefully we, we do hope That the Mole Man Uprising uh, Will not interrupt Our Bridge Box production Totally Because mm. we got a new one Set to come out September 1st They come yes. out a- Every month And Jed our, our topic for the September Bridge Box Would be
3: September Bridge Box Is how, Where do I start When I'm starting over Exactly right oh, So totally. just some
0: time For um, If you're starting with Going off college Starting at a new school uh, if you're doing change of church, if your entire world has been taken over by mole men, you are starting over. We're all starting over and we're going to need some wisdom on how to do that and how you're going to get that in the September bridge box, only $8 a month mission, dot slash bridge It is the number one way that people who enjoy the podcast, the blogs, the things we do online can get involved and support the work we do on the streets, mission com slash bridge All right. We're going to jump to our first question here. Just came into our email address. If you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. This. this first question comes in and says, I've been reading Champagne for the Soul and chapters 20 and 21 got me thinking. I'll pause right there real quick. Champagne for the Soul is a book, a really good book by a guy called, guy called Mike Mason. It's basically about joy. It's broken down into a bunch of little kind of one page, very easily digestible chapters. So uh, we, we may have talked about this on the show before, but a really good author, really good book. So we'll uh, uh, we don't, we don't often recommend Christian books. Because you know why. Um, but we get a chance to do that today. <laughs> no. And uh, so that's always good for us. So this person been reading Champagne for the Soul. They say, this came up in their I'm thinking, bad things happen. This is life. It's the world we live in. How do I know if things happening are the devil's handiwork, spiritual warfare, or just life? I've heard it said before that you can't just blame everything on the devil. Sometimes bad things just are. I know sometimes God changes our path because he can see the end of the story. I recognize that that should not cause us to think, that the devil is just messing things up. When they say, uh, before I throw it, when they say, I've heard you can't blame everything on the devil, I really hope they're referencing the water boy there. And they kind of forgot where they heard that bit of spiritual advice, but now that we unpacked it. Foosball is the devil. (laughs) Everything's the devil to you. (laughs) Don't sue us either, Adam Sandler. Please, just no one sue us. It's (laughs) it's fine. But uh, a very good question. How do we know the difference between stuff just happening, God uh, putting us through challenges, or uh, spiritual warfare getting involved? And Lee, can you kick us off on this one?
1: Yeah, this is a this is a great question and and I I know this feel, you know, just this question of like I'm going through a tough thing or I have been through a series of, of things that are really difficult to face and and I just want to know what's up. I mean, do, so do I chalk this up to spiritual warfare? Is this is this something that 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 God is taking me through to grow me? Is this something that I in some way caused or somebody else in my life caused? How do I kind of find out the difference, you know, in, in all of that stuff? How do I parse out why this happened, and I think the thing about this is is that we naturally want this; we want to know why everything is happening the The troubling thing for me at least in my experience is I almost never get that answer. I almost never get the answer of this is the definitive why, but there is from the Lord usually a clarity of what that next step should be. Now those are two big different things in any case whatever you know whatever the cause of this situation. You do have a next step to make and, and for my money the the most important thing is figuring out wherever you know if this if this is something that the enemy has thrown at you, if this is something that the Lord is doing in your life or is this if this is something that you caused or or you know uh, you know that's just something that's happened because of our broken world or whatever you do have a a choice to make on your next step how to face that thing how to how to you know uh, how, how, to, how to think about your attitude in the middle of it, how to, how to weigh the different choices you've got to make next. And I think for as, as far as figuring out, like, is the Lord behind this? Is the enemy behind this? To me, kind of the pro level of, uh, of, of really digging into that question and getting some discernment on that is, is asking yourself, okay, with this situation I'm facing, what would the enemy's goal be? If if he's if he's a part of this in some way, what does he want out of me? I can give you a shortcut. Most of the times, it's for you to quit. It's for you to not show up. If the Lord has something for you to do, he'd love for you to just bow out of that. If he doesn't want you to quit, he might want to draw you in even further and get you so overwhelmed that you can't do anything about it. But... Uh, if you start asking that question of like what would the enemy's goal be in this? Then you can kind of start to see what your next step should be. And then ask the other question, what would the lord's goal be in this? What would he like me to learn in the middle of this tough thing that I'm going through? What how can I grow as a result of this? Because for me, the 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 biggest question is what's my next step? Um if I know like if if the Lord is calling me into something and I face a lot of a, a lot of difficulty or a lot of adversity or a lot of problems hang ups and stuff like that and and by the way, if you are in a ministry environment and the Lord's calling you into you will face that stuff i mean and yep. everything will yep. fall apart as you go to serve the lord you 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 know you'll never have more flat tires you'll never have more uh problems in every facet of the setup of the organization of the you know, you will get strange sicknesses on the day that you're supposed to serve Jesus, all that kind of stuff. You will face all kinds of difficulties like that. Is this something that the Lord is throwing at you for you to get stronger in? Is this from the enemy? In whatever case, ask the question, what would the enemy want in this? Would he want me to give up? Well, then I'm not going to. And then what you find is you, you're an overcomer now. Um, a really, mm-hmm. really good friend of mine, He he is just one of the just one of the sweetest, most awesome servants of the Lord you'll ever meet in your entire life. But he has a tendency to to feel down about himself sometimes and just thinks, man, you know, the enemy just took me out this time. I just I just felt so terrible the whole time I did that. And I was like, and I remember telling him one time, but you did it, right? And he was like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I did it. I'm like, well, did you like, did you quit? Like go home early? He's like, no, no, I I stuck it out. I did the whole thing. And it's like, so... You, you, you did the whole thing that God was calling you to do. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I felt terrible, but I did it. It's like, dude, you completely punked the enemy's whole plan. What he wanted was for you to quit, for you to stay home, for you to not do the thing. You did it. So if the enemy had something that he was throwing at you, you completely overcame it. So I think asking that question, what would the enemy want? What would the Lord want in this? Would help you determine what that next step is, however this thing has come into your life.
2: Amen.
0: really fantastic place to start and Glenn I'd like to to go to you next on this I think league is a very important point there about um how to react to this in the moment I think that in the yeah. moment has a big part of this because one of the things about uh diagnosing you know as a spiritual warfare is this from God is this from the devil um we have to get out of the moment before we can think about any of that right because in the moment right. it's all mishmash
2: that's absolutely true I mean it, not just because it's an an emotional thing but because you don't really have the the context for what's what it says. I mean, er, everything that that we do understand about our past, we understand because we we are it's far enough into the past we can put it in context for the rest of our our lives. I really loved everything that Lee was saying there. I, I really uh, that's one of those wind it back and listen to it again kind of things. Uh, I think if if I l- read this question, there is a a, a sense of. Uh, you know, bad things happen. This is life. It's the world we live in, and that's absolutely true. It's absolutely right. Um, I think it's 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 simultaneously important to know that God cares about yeah. your suffering, yeah. even if He has a better purpose behind that and an intention behind that that is positive. Uh, that He, uh, you know, it's uh, when when Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus, He knows He's going to wake Him up. But he sees the people, and they're grieving, and he weeps. You know? So he, he, even though he knows the future, he knows what's going to happen, he still cares about the pain that people are going through. They don't know what's about to happen. So he, he cares about that momentary suffering that we have. So it's important to have that perspective. But we're absolutely—you're absolutely right in what you're saying. That that bad stuff happens. This this world sucks really bad. It's so the next yeah. one that's going to be really great. That's yeah. <laughs> you know, let's make sure we're clear on that. Um, uh, but as Lee is saying, it's about we we can't understand the nature of what's happening in the moment, but we can uh look at our response to that moment, and and we can. Have a, an aggressive sense of Lord, what do you want me to do right now about this? And, and that is actually super important. Uh, I don't know if you can dig this, but uh, there was a time in my life where I had a lot going uh, uh, wrong with it, and I my main response, kind of per what Lee was talking about there, was to 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 mope and then loaf yeah. and then feel horrible and then be depressed and then be sad. And then eat ice cream, and then stare into space, and then listen to the sad songs, and then go to sleep, and wake up tomorrow. Hope that it was all a horrible dream. Well, it turns out that wasn't exactly the response the Lord was looking for. Uh, the, the, you know, so that if I saw the same situation as as I eventually did as a challenge, yeah. and I said, okay, what's the nature of this challenge, and how do I rise to that challenge? Well, I found that that as I did that, those things stopped going wrong. Uh, as soon as I, as soon as they weren't affecting me, magically they also weren't happening. Uh, but then I I found that I uh, developed a ministry staff, and I brought that those staff in into the operation, and those people were going through the same or similar type struggles that I had, so. For me to overcome that, those things taught me how to help them overcome those struggles, yeah, so I could say well that I guess that's why that happened i i can I can find a sense of meaningfulness in that, uh and I can tell a story like the, it makes narrative sense, but in the reality, in the moment, it just sucked, and that's it yeah. uh in the moment, I found a way to eventually rise to the challenge uh and 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 find the good response, and that allowed me to to have uh as Lee was talking about there having muscles, having skills, having abilities you could share with other people. Uh it's really about figuring out what is what, Lord, this is a challenge that I'm dealing with right now. And I want to know how do I rise to that challenge? What what is what purpose do you have for me in the midst of this hard time? Mm-hmm.
0: That is an excellent uh way to deal with that. And Jed, I'm wondering if you can take that um a step further and maybe explore something more Glenn was talking about there, which goes back to what uh, Lee was saying. Which is in the moment when we're dealing with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's the pos- there's the right way to look at it, which is definitely what Glenn gave us there. There's also a the dangerous there's kind of a one right way to look at it, which Glenn gave us. There's also in a weird kind of way one wrong way to look at it, um, which the devil may be driving at, um, which Lee mentioned and uh, Glenn mentioned, which is the excuse factor. Exactly right. And oh the work we do with uh the guys at the bridge, guys and gals at the bridge, oftentimes that is kind of what would uh, trigger what they would call a backslide is something relatively minor happens. Yeah. But then it is as Glenn would put it all bets are off. Yep. So what how, can we explore that opposite side to, in a way to inoculate against that. Yeah, we certainly can, you know
3: um, in general, when people are wondering about this question, it's because they're going through really hard times. Uh, and to the extent that you are, we're really sorry for it. Uh, we, we love you. We, we believe in you. And is the devil causing your hard times? I have no idea. Um, that that's kind of above my pay grade, but what I can tell you that the devil for sure is up in, is trying to influence your response to the hard times. That's, right. that's, that's the thing he really, really cares about. And, um, the number Lee said it, and he's right. That the thing he really wants more than anything else is for you to quit. Let's look at the Avenue through which that quitting would happen. Um, for most of us, that Avenue begins with self-pity. It begins with the idea of, it's so hard being you. It's just so tough. You need something to make you feel better. Mm. Don't you deserve something to make you feel better? It's been a hard day. It's been a hard week. I think you need a little something for you. Uh, if those words sound familiar to you, I hear them in my head all the time. Yeah. And Amen. You know, with we work with a lot of people in addiction recovery, and in addiction, self-pity is the first step to every relapse. Um, because uh, everybody has experienced self pity in that voice of, you know, you deserve something to make you feel better. And here's the funny thing that's not exactly wrong. It has been really hard. You yeah. do need to pick me up. Right? You treat probably yourself. do on some level. You, you, you do. Yourself. You probably should treat yourself. It turns out the problem here is that crack is not a good treat. That's, that's where we run into trouble. Yeah. There are good treats in this world. Heroin is not one of them. How about internet porn? Also not a good treat. Oh. But, but I'm actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's worth looking at why it's not a good treat. Let's forget about whether or not it's sinful for a second. Right. Let's leave that completely aside. Let's leave aside whether or not crack is sinful for a second. The question is, will it help?
2: Right. Okay. Will your situation
3: mm. be improved on the other side of this treat? Right. Uh, internet porn has never improved anything. <laughs> that's right e- even by accident <laughs> that's right um, and as much as internet porn has never improved anything crack has super never improved anything i mean that's <laughs> really performance- true of both maybe more true of the crack but definitely true of both yes performance enhan- performance enhancing crack is not a thing so <laughs> that's right. that's we can right. we can leave that right out but yes matt as you said the devil's thing is all bets are off that's yep. the thing he wants to sell you on because that's the avenue through which he gets you to what Lisa is. That's how he gets you to quit. Mm-hmm. Is if he can get you in a moment of, I feel bad and life is hard, which yep. are both true, mm-hmm. and I deserve something to make me feel better, which is kind of true, mm-hmm. then he's going to list off awful things that won't work with right. kind of, there's an avalanche quality to it of, well, yeah. if you can do that, what about this? And if you can do that, what about this other thing? And we very quickly get into a situation where all bets are off. Now, here's the interesting thing. That's the devil's goal. Glenn is right that God is allowing us in, to be in these situations as a form of a challenge, and there is a spiritual element for us to, to rise up to in that. There's also often, not always, but there's often a practical element too, which mm. is also very important. Lee brought up uh, that people in ministry get more flat tires than anybody else, and man, right. is that true. yeah. yeah. Here's one of the things I've learned from Glenn, and it's incredibly true. As long as it keeps working, the devil will keep doing it. Yeah. If a flat tire logistically will keep you from getting to the ministry thing, you will get every flat tire. We went through a period, it's a couple years ago now, we went through a period where we had constant car trouble at the bridge. Right. Cars just no. they wouldn't start and it was a thing. And we had some very generous donors that helped us get uh basically if you call roadside assistance, they have a mobile rig that helps to start cars. Um it helps to you, you can jump a car without needing another car to do it. We have one. As yep. soon as we got it,
0: never needed never it. Never used
3: it. All of the car problems went away. <laughs> <Yeah>. Immediately <laughs> yeah. they yeah. were gone. What and a the mystery. thing it's just, it's it, Who could fathom it? Right. Now, this is the thing, is when you look at not every problem in your life, but a lot of problems in your life, there is a logistical element to it. There's always a spiritual element in terms of mm-hmm. how do I rise to this occasion with my character and yeah. with my attitude and with the way I choose to trust the Lord. But there's often a logistical element, too, of if I move this over here and I do this instead and I have this piece of equipment, we organize it this way, this can't be a problem anymore. Yeah. And that's important, too. And it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that the Lord allows us to go through tough times. So he wants us to get smarter and stronger spiritually. Spiritually, but he also wants us to get smarter and stronger strategically and logistically, right. and that's how we learn things. Yeah, that's how we turn this the around. wisdom
2: to do all of that stuff.
3: Exactly right.
0: Yeah, that's really a, a really really smart way to look at that. Um, to put it back in the context of what you're of the question in the book, um, I have read Champagne for the Soul, and all these guys have really smart stuff to say about that. One of the key points that the author makes, which is a really smart, one about joy, is that it is a choice. It is yes. a virtue of God. It's there as we've talked about in the show many times. Um, happiness is something that kind of comes on you or doesn't. It's a bit fleeting. Joy is a little uh, different thing Uh, that ties into this because exactly as all these guys are saying, especially where Jed ended us with that really, really sharp uh, point. One of the things that the, one of the other ways the devil will try to get you to not make the right choice is just to stew in the lack of choice. Yes. Just the miasma of, well, where did this come from? Why is this happening? As we're pointing out, if you're on the way to do a thing and you get a flat tire, the, celestial implications of from whence this flat tire came don't really matter right now right you got to right. pull that's over right. that's yeah right. you got to pull over you got to call AAA or call a buddy or somebody and get this thing taken care of and ideally get where you're going but you know you just can't sit on the side of the road until you uh solve the mystery of whether or not this came from on high or the devil that's well yeah i mean
2: off of what you're saying if i told you how this flat tire fit into the grand mystery and the scheme of the whole narrative of your life. It ain't putting air back in the tire, dude. <laughs> right. so you still got to deal with it, you know?
0: I don't have, I know I don't have any quarters to put in the machine. Can I put in on we <laughs> <That's laughs> right. developed ennui. Um but, and that there is a practical point to a lot of, a lot of what these guys are saying, which was really smart, big picture stuff. There's a little bit of, you kind of got to keep going and work on that later. That, yeah. And that's exactly the backsliding point. The, the all bets are off Yeah, tying that back to the first point Lee made about the, the wanting to quit. That is kind of a, well, we'll just we'll we'll take a knee temporarily, yeah. Till we figure all this out, maybe we just didn't figure. It. Well, you know, if if you prayed it up and listened to the Lord before you started, which hopefully you do, um, then course correction has a lot more to do with uh, as Glenn and Jed are pointing out, overcoming obstacles that are in the way, as opposed to well, maybe maybe we just shouldn't be going to the soup kitchen. That maybe. <laughs> Maybe that angers God. Yes, we should right. find a different thing to do. Right, called elsewhere. Probably not.
3: Right, God's more a fan of a hearty stew than a soup. <laughs> That's what this is really about.
0: <laughs> God is oddly Eastern European in that way. <laughs> but I'll let's all say there, there, it is worth looking at those questions. It's worth looking at this, but it's it's to a point. All three of these guys made that. I want to make sure we don't glance past. I want to because it is kind of the crux of this whole thing. Um, the devil's deal is not just doing naughty stuff. He is not uh, low-key in a Norse way where he just <laughs> sews, sews mischief, and that's what makes him happy. He simply <laughs> wants to knock you off your square. So uh, it's not so much that the devil blows your tire, but that the devil gets in your ear of, this always happens when you try to do this, and maybe you're not cut out for this, that, and the other. So that's if you're looking to inoculate against a moment, it would certainly be right after something uh, crummy has happened less than before. A lot of really good stuff on that. We're going to move to our next question here. This comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, Hi, Say That. Hi! Hi, listener. Hi. I feel like Lee's heart really wasn't in it.
1: No, <laughs> it
0: I'm in a bit of a rut. I keep feeling guilty about my past and fearful of my future. I feel as though I can't just live in today. It is both draining and holding me back from serving. Please help. Glenn, would you like to kick us off on this one? For sure. I think...
2: Uh... Let's talk about facts versus feelings, because I think this is something similar to the first question where we get this wrong a lot. I mean, the, the, the basic reality here is you have to choose facts over feelings. Uh, there are times when your feelings are running your one way and the facts are, are re- running a different way. The fact is your past sucks. My past sucks. Everyone's past sucks. Yeah, It's paid for. If you've accepted that payment, then that's over now uh you can be afraid about your future but why did you accept the relationship with God to have God on your side and guide your steps and be there to provide and help you and whatever but you're still afraid like that didn't happen because apparently everything depends upon you you know th- that those just aren't the facts of the situation either God is God and he can handle his business and take care of you or uh you're utterly on your own. Uh, the The fact is, God exists, and He's there, and He loves you, and He's ready to forgive your past and 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 uh, pay for all those things and provide for you. Those are the facts. But your feelings are telling you something totally different. Here's the thing about about feelings: the stronger that they are, the more true they feel like they you feel like they are. You know, yeah. the, a really yeah. strong feeling has a way of being sort of undeniable. You know, true. feeling like. There has to be something to this. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel it so strongly. Sure. Um, here's the thing. Uh, that's that's just not how that works. I yeah. mean, I I'm, believe me, I'm pointing the finger at myself. If I get an emotion going, you can show me all the reality that contradicts that that you want. It's like, uh, yeah. But I have rage. I am wound <laughs> up now. Get that and head you of steam <laughs> rolled up. It's hard, you know, because once you get a good anger all ginned up,
0: you you don't want to just If if you're really just light a match off yourself, angry, and someone says, "Well, actually, they had a green arrow, so you cut them off," like,
2: well, but still, but still, yeah, you want to circle back to it's got to be true. Well, but what about last week? You know, so you know. (laughs) On the other uh, hand, rage. (laughs) That's right. You know, that's emotions do that to us, and especially the kind of guilt and the kind of fear that you're talking about here. So let's make it clear, we sympathize with your feelings on that, and we're not trying to get you to dismiss or ignore your feelings, that's not really the answer either, but it is about choosing, making a decision, I'm choosing the facts over the feelings, because your feelings, like mine, like everybody else's, lie, your feelings lie a lot, your feelings are rarely an indicator of any form of truth of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how emotions are. I mean, they they're they're more often pointing to something that does not exist as as much as something that that it does. Um what's complicated about that is that um uh that sometimes some of those fears do pertain to things that are real. That is to say, you have made mistakes in your past and they you're dealing with consequences of that sure. today. But wallowing in the guilt doesn't allow you to deal with those consequences. There are things about your future that you need to be prepared for. You need to make changes now so that you're able to handle those things in the future. But being afraid about those things in the future are draining you of the energy you need to make those changes today. Mm So, um, likewise, you mentioned serving. And here's the thing is, serving is the thing that keeps these things from driving most people crazy. In other words... Uh, If I'm serving and I'm sitting down at a soup kitchen with someone, if I'm sitting down with a a high school kid in a youth group, if I'm doing a a church volleyball league and I'm sitting down on the bench next to somebody else who's playing volleyball, and they say, I feel guilty about my past, so guilty. Well, you have two choices in that moment. You could say, me too, let's both kill ourselves. (laughs)
0: You, you can't say that
2: on the internet, dude. Okay, you 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 should not say that. You It's a choice, but it's the choice you should not make. I am saying that clearly. Thank you. You can choose to say, I feel the same way. I know exactly what you're talking about, and we're both wrong. Sure. And here's what God has to say. Now you and I need to have a conversation about how do we live in that? How do we right. make that change? How do we shift that gear? Because and, and now suddenly I've got an ally in this fight. Now suddenly right. we're holding each other accountable for this thing. So the, 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 the very act of serving, the very act of getting into these conversations, these discussions and wrestling with this stuff will actually keep us from sliding uh, and being drawn back into these, these negative emotional ruts.
0: Yeah, really a really, smart way to start that off. And uh, Jed, I'd love to go to you here. I uh, There's a weird romantic, romanticizing is a word. Romanticization is not a word. Sure. Romanticizing, is. right. I tried to invent a verb tense there. I hope I get this it. on. Um, there's a weird uh, romanticizing of this idea of living in the now. Yes. Just be, being present. Sure, yes. And there's something very positive about that. But um to entirely live with no regard to either the future or past... Is actually not an achievable or good goal, yep, so while there are some other issues going on here certainly that were that Glenn spoke to very well, I wonder if that 's not part of our friend 's problem is they're trying to chase something rather elusive. Is there a, a better way to go about um being excited and drawing energy on things?
3: Sure, no, I think there absolutely is, and I, I like the way that you frame that question. Part of what you're looking at, yes, is, is guilt and fear. But another part of what you're looking at is actually just distraction. Mm. You, you're, you're describing, I want to be engaged in the moment, and I get distracted, and it makes it hard for me to be engaged in the moment. The distraction happens to be guilt and fear in your particular case, but that's as much about being distracted as it is about guilt and fear. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, here's the, the good news is it's actually hard for everybody to be focused and really be present in the moment. That, that's, if you can dig it, that's actually a muscle that you build. Um, if you want to be able to, to bench press a lot of weight, you start with a little weight and you add a little bit over time and you get to a big right. amount. It's actually the same thing here. If you want to get really good at being you know, really focused and really present in the moment and not giving in to distraction, that's, that's a muscle that you build. That's a, a strength that you build over time. So um, you wrote in your question, I can't just live in today. You know, and that kind of messes me up. I think today is too big of a goal. I I think that saying I want to be able to be really focused and really present for 30 minutes um, and really be attentive to this conversation I'm having. That's a great goal. And you need to be kind to yourself if you're bad at that. Um, If that's just you can't do that, um, then five minutes is a really good goal. You know, I want to be able to just, I want to leave everything else aside. I'm going to make an appointment with my fear. Sure. I will get back to it in five minutes. That's right. Guilt has the block after that. But for the next five minutes, that's right. I'm very focused. Just make Uh, sure
0: you're having lunch with a very understanding friend so you can say, pardon me, I have to take a call from my fear. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Okay. You were saying <laughs> yeah, that's right. that a, that's hilarious. <laughs> B as an actual
3: serious point off of that, you want to be able to serve somebody and you can be focused for five minutes. Yep. I, I got the perfect thing. Here's what you do yep. um, at your church. I want you to think of the last time that either the guy who preached or the guy who leads your small group said something that was an encouragement to you. They okay. said something and, and you're like, well, that, that helps. You didn't tell them that it helped.
2: That's definitely true. I
3: know you didn't because no one does. Yeah. Somebody at your church said something that helped and you didn't tell them. Right. As you put, fear has called, you've placed it on hold for the next 5 minutes. Okay. Take 5 minutes and write that person an email and say, "You said this thing, it helped. Thank you for saying it. I am grateful." Here's Send. a dollar send that will take you five minutes you have just served someone that's right you have no idea how much impact that would have on that person huge huge I, it's incredible. Now, and here's the great thing. Now, we did our five minutes. I can be totally fearful again. That's right. Because I did that's my part. That's right. I did now, it.
2: Now, you may find that you just don't want to go back to it, but hey, that's, that's a, that's a okay process. Too. Yeah,
3: yeah. But we build from there. We, we did the five. Now it's time for the six-minute email. That's right. Now, right. we're go that's buck right. wild, wow, take it seven and a half. Wow. That's right. I'm living the dream. But you build up. We're, we're, we're kidding only in part. You build up. Mm-hmm. Saying, I just want to have a day where I'm just in the zone all day. Nobody's in the zone all day, right. but you know, right. working on working that muscle, building that muscle where you're able to be focused for longer periods of time. That's a good thing, but you got to show grace to yourself as you do it. We got your back.
0: Absolutely. And Lee, I'd love to get you to close out here. One of the things that uh, both these guys are brought up that I think is, is really important here is, as is we're speaking to with that building up ideas, I think people have their mind an idea that um, fear and guilt and my past and all this stuff is a, a a personified monster, which I will have a glorious victory over and slay it beneath my heel. And then I'll live a life unburdened by all these things. When the reality, I think we would say that the reality of letting go of the guilt and fear to live in uh, the moment and serve people is a lot more of just kind of shrugging it off than having the big dramatic moment. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love all the things that, that these these guys said, and this is really just going to be kind of a, uh, just kind of building on that, uh, a little bit different angle, talking about the the faith and fear and exercising this muscle of of that whole being present thing or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, and and I know the way that this feels, and I I know for me, the idea of of uh, feeling plagued by guilt from the past, fear of the future. There's a part of me that feels like I can't not do those things because it feels responsible to do that. Sure, right. It feels responsible to feel guilty about the the, the bad things I've done. I mean, I've been cruel before, and it feels really irresponsible to just let that go and not feel bad about that anymore. Sure. I'm, I mean, I've had some, you know, I've had some real selfishness, real cruelty, real stuff. That I mean, you know, if I think back on it, it's like, whoo! It just makes me shiver. How could anybody be that kind of a monster? I mean, we all like like Glenn said, we all have a past. It, it they're horrible. And so it feels irresponsible just to say I'm not going to I'm going to have a carefree heart about that. And so that feel that that's big. That's that's a difficult thing to deal to deal with and also the, the idea of of not being afraid of what could happen in the future. Well that feels really irresponsible. That feels like yeah, you're yeah. like an, you're that's you're not mature. If you're <laughs> not worried about what might happen to you so you just you just don't you just don't plan for the future. You just, you just don't think about that at all. You should be afraid. So irresponsible. It, yeah. That's exactly right. I think that, that it is so unbelievably natural for us to feel like both guilt from the past, fear from the future. These are responsible emotions. They come naturally to us, and it feels like the responsible thing to do. The, the, the deal is, like Glenn's saying, there's such a huge difference between what it, what it feels like and what, what it actually is in reality. Here's the thing that it is in reality, according to Jesus, um, they're they're not responsible, they're poison. And that's a big, that's a big difference. Amen. You know, if I'm gonna be plagued by guilt, it's going to poison my relationships. It's going to poison the way that I serve people because I'm gonna need all kinds of encouragement from you as I'm serving you. It's like, I need more from you as I'm serving you than you can give me. Because in, in this act of serving you, I need you to encourage me so much that I no longer feel bad about all of my sins. You don't have enough encouragement for that. I can't serve anybody who's got the, who's, who's got the, the encouragement powers to overcome the guilt of my past. It's too bad, mm. y'all. Mm. It's too bad. So I can't. I'm putting a burden on you if I'm serving you, and I think the the reality, as Jesus would say it, is your guilt is poison. It's not responsible. It's poison. Yeah. yeah. Your fear, it's poison. I mean, Jesus says repeatedly. The Bible says it so many times. Do not fear. It's not responsible. It's poison. And that's the thing. And in, 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 you know, for me, I think about this. Is this is kind of a stupid example, but. You know, I love the taste of McDonald's food. I just mm. love it. I love, the, I love the oil and the salt and the everything about it. I just think it's fantastic, and it always makes me feel terrible. At, <laughs> right at, at, at here, where I am in my extremely late thirties, it makes me feel terrible every time. There's sure. never an exception. And now, when I was seventeen, I could eat it. 5 meals a day. And that's how many meals you eat when you're a 17-year-old guy. But I could no problems. At my advanced age now, it always tears me up. But I but I just want to go there because the salt and the and the oil and the smell and it's just fantastic. And in a way, it's kind of a low-key poison. It always ruins my day. McDonald's mm-hmm. always ruins my day. And yet I Always keep going back there because it just seems like the right thing to do. You know what I mean? I mean, when you're driving yeah. by, what am I going to not go to McDonald's? Right. What is it? I mean, they <laughs> have sandwiches there. That... Exactly. So, uh, see, I'm trying not to get sued. <laughs> but, and
0: it, well, but here's what I'm saying is, low, low key poison probably wasn't yeah, the best yeah, step in that.
1: Yeah. We're poisoned. <laughs> 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 so here's the thing, is is like it's in the same way. I, I, I love I love the way Matt set up the question because it's not the dragon you're gonna slay and it's never gonna bother you again. This is a conversation that you have to have with yourself for the rest of your life. Here's the deal: Jesus gives you the permission. Now, actually, the he says it as a command, he says, give no thought for tomorrow. He just says it. You don't yeah. I, I don't want you to be afraid of the future. And I've paid for all your sins. I don't want you to be plagued. By your past those things are killing you now that doesn 't mean you 're going to slay that dragon once. It just means that as i as I get older and as I flex these muscles as jed 's talking about i 'm going to learn more and more what it feels like to choose to say, that's not good for me. It's not the responsible choice to feel guilty about my past. It's not the responsible choice to be afraid of my future. It's killing my relationships. It's killing the way that I serve the Lord. It's putting a burden on the people that I'm trying to reach out to. Whereas if I was guilt-free, if I just believed the good news and went in there with that, and I was just carefree about my past, then I don't need anything from the people I'm serving. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that we want to do that. So we want to learn that and flex those muscles a little bit at a time in exchanging that unbelievable feeling of, this is the responsible thing to do, and, it, and I've got to do this. This feel is so huge, too. No, that's actually poison. That's killing me. And I have, I have the permission and the right from my Lord to just walk away from all of that stuff and to do this in a different way. Amen.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, always ruins my day. <laughs> that's a jingle I'd pay money, and I reiterate... This podcast very much, not, very much not brought to you by the fine people McDonald's.
2: I, for one, love McDonald's.
0: <laughs> Nobody takes it seriously when you say it in that voice. That's true. All very good stuff on that question, and we're going to move on to our final question. Here it comes in to our email address, and it says, I'm currently dating a guy who's in addiction recovery. He said he believes that the name of his higher power is Jesus Christ, and that he prays to Jesus every morning to help him get through the day without drinking, and at the end of the day, he thanks Jesus he got through the day without drinking. He does not, however, attend church. It sounds to me like he has a relationship with Jesus, but I have friends in my life slash church that would ask me directly if they knew I was dating him, is he a Christian? And I fear my response would be that he knows Jesus, but does not attend a church regularly when we both know that can go in legalistic directions. So tell me straight, is this a quote-unquote unequally yoked relationship? And Jed, when start us off on this one,
3: I'm really glad that you, you wrote in. Um, let's take a look at a couple of things just real quick because, you know, it, it's easy. All of us on the show, we work with a lot of people in addiction recovery. There's a lot yeah. of lingo. There's a lot of lingo. So let's take a look at that for a second. Um, If you are involved in a 12-step program, so that would include uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, that would include Narcotics Anonymous, that would include Al-Anon, that would include Celebrate Recovery. Um, It's the vast majority of effective addiction recovery is a 12-step program. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I'm going to share with you a couple of the first steps uh, and just using generalized language because some places express it differently, but, but step one is admitting that you have a problem you cannot control. that that your life is out of control your life is unmanageable Mm -hmm. step two is uh believing and recognizing that there is a higher power that can restore you to sanity that there's a higher power that can give you a strength outside of yourself to live in a new way and we'll, we'll stop there those those are the first two steps so in other words if someone in addiction recovery says that their ha- higher power is Jesus Christ. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, I am a hot mess whose life has become unmanageable and out of control. I need saving. That's, right. that's step one. Step two is I believe that Jesus Christ can save me. Right. I believe that he can restore me to a place of sanity. I believe he can give me strength to live in a different way. I believe that Jesus Christ can be my savior. That, that is what you're saying. All right. With that in mind, I'm going to read you a verse. This comes from Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me read it again. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're doing it in the context of a 12-step program, it makes no difference. Right. Right. If you're calling out to Jesus to save you, he's saving you. Yeah. That's, that's it. So, um, biblically... Dude is a Christian. There's, uh, he's actually the textbook definition of what a Christian is. All right, let's move on to your next question, which is about church. So we're going to look at the most basic definition of church. This comes from the Book of Matthew, chapter eighteen, verse twenty, and this is Jesus talking, and he says, "For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them." Let me read that again. For where two or three gather in my name. There I am with them. So by Jesus's definition of what a uh, gathering of Christians, a body, a church hmm. would be, if there's one other person at that AA meeting whose higher power is Jesus, this is now church. Right. By, by the definition of the guy who authored church, this is, this is now church. So um, what we can say looking at what you've described to us is this dude is definitely a Christian. And he definitely goes to a form of church. Now, is there room for growth and improvement on all that? Of course, because that's true for everybody. There's there's always room for for growth and improvement. But again, the Bible is pretty much super clear that this is a Christian who goes to church. That that's true of, of this person that you're dating. So the question that I think that leads us to is, why are you afraid of nosy church people?
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
3: You are you're you're dating someone who is, again, the textbook definition of a Christian who has a faith community um, that where Jesus promises that he is present in their midst. Um, um, yes, I hear you're concerned that there are people for whom that would not be good enough. The question I have for you is, why do you care? As you think about that, let me offer you another thought to consider. If you start letting God call shots in your life, I mean really call shots, as in you start listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you start letting Jesus direct your steps, you're going to piss off church people. I guarantee it. Yeah, they They will not like the things you do. They will not like the way that you do them. They will be displeased, even as you do things that are undeniably biblical. Especially then. (laughs) Especially then. And the thing, and this is a really good moment for for you to, to begin looking at, why do you care what they think? Why does their approval matter to you? This actually takes us back to our first question this episode, which is something bad has happened. You have reached an impasse where what you're sensing is my church friends don't approve of my boyfriend. Maybe we're not giving ourselves permission to admit that, but that's where we're at, is my church friends do not approve of my boyfriend. So now... We, we have to do something about this. Now, one option, of course, would be to um, break up with the boyfriend because um, uh, the church people don't like him. That doesn't sound like a very good idea to me, but you know what? You make, make your own decisions. But the other option, and this is what Glenn was talking about on the first question, where he's saying there's a challenge God wants us to rise to because there's spiritual growth that he wants to take place here. And it sounds like for you that spiritual growth is confronting, why do I care what church people think about me? I care what Jesus thinks about me. I care about honoring the witness of Scripture. I am doing that. You asked, is this an unequally yoked relationship? No, it's not. It's actually the opposite of that. Um, This is two people who love Jesus and are living that out in real and vital ways in their life. And anybody who knows basic Bible knows that's true about this. So you have people who are trying, and you sense it's coming, uh, trying to put guilt and shame on you about something that may well be a gift from God in your life. Mm. why are we letting them do that? Why do we care about that? And the thing to be clear is that's a question you need to actually dig into. You know that the right answer is we want to get to a place where we decide we don't care what they think. But we need to dig all the way through why we do care today. Because we do. That's why you wrote in. is because you do care. And that's okay. We've all been there. You know, we all have places where we're still there. But we need to dig all the way through why do we care what they think so that we can get to that place of freedom where we focus on what the Lord thinks and not what random nosy church people think.
0: Always a good point, um, especially in this case, but um, i would love to go to you on that because you do work at a church and you you, uh, yeah. you deal with more church people than the herd of us up here do. That's both by design in our own lives, and because we've been so publicly <laughs> rude to some of them that they know to give us a wide berth. It's a strategy. We copied it from Glenn. It's very effective, um, but you have to be a regular strategy to pull it off. And I'd love to, get to specifically speak to the nosy aspect. I think Jed gave us the perfect word there. Because some of this, some, uh, we, t- and we talk a lot about this. If you go to a church full of jerks, just find another church. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure that's what's going on here. It very well could be. Yeah. Um, but there are some level of well-meaning slash clueless people yeah. who their weird way of being excited that you tell them they're dating someone is, are they, Christian?
3: Hey guys, what you doing? <laughs> what's going on? I just want to get up in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And it could be one or two and, uh. That it could be a bunch, but it, let's assume, let's assume for the sake of argument that we're dealing with that situation. Cause if we're, if we're dealing with the other, where everybody is being a legalistic busybody, you just, that's not a conversation. He's got to find somewhere else to be, but let's assume that this is dealing with the normal amount of cluelessness of just kind of people wanting to interject opinions. And instead of working on the shutting them down, which is worth doing, but is a different conversation. How do we, yeah. as a person who is being a part of a body deal with that? Right amount of I am here. I like this church. I want to be involved in parts I'm in with. Yeah, but eh, I don't really care if you approve my boyfriend or not.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think that I I, th- I think that if you give people, if if you even if you give the nosy church folks the benefit of the doubt, what is happening a lot of the uh, in a lot of those situations is somebody's it's it's somebody's not you know. Not that socially adequate way of saying, I care about you and I hope that the choices that you're making are good for your life because I really do care about you. Um, and if we give people all, the benefit of the doubt all the way out, that's essentially what they're saying. And if you can hear that, if you can kind of believe, you know, love believes all things and you look at this person that cares about you and you can look them back in the eye and say, um, you know, I, I appreciate your concern. Um, this is. I I feel great about this relationship. I'm excited about it. We're we're following Jesus in that and um uh, and you know um you know we can sit down and talk about it if you want. Let's go get a cup of coffee and we can talk about things. How are you doing? Um and that essentially is probably what's going on in a lot of those situations. Now, I I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure per the impression the uh the nosy small group jed um from a second ago that there are people who just want to be in your business.
2: Hey, uh, have have you
3: guys talked about, you know, things? I have some things you could talk about. Just some suggestions.
0: <laughs> You're Would you breathing like very heavily. Are you okay? Some <laughs> suggestions? I have a lot of them.
1: Have you guys already held hands and stuff?
0: Have you
3: discussed issues of purity? Just asking. No reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is
0: the creepiest possible way to phrase that. Well done, Jed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank the, I, I, issues I of purity was maximum right there. Uh,
1: to, uh, you know, I don't know if this goes exactly into what you were asking, Matt, but, but part of me part of wants to answer, uh, you know, answer this in a way that uh, using a quote that I heard from Glenn one time, which is that, you know, we should say that basically all relationships between a guy and a girl are a bad idea. It's your job to make it a good idea.
3: Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, if you've got a well-meaning friend who's saying, hey, I care about you, and I, I want to make sure you're okay, you know, then, you know, knowing all relationships take a lot of work, and all relationships start out a bad idea, let's see what we're going to do to make this a good idea. If you're... As Jed said, this this dude's a believer. This dude's got, I mean, he he's got it going on. You've prayed this up. You guys are walking with the Lord together. That's great. If you've got a um I, I think a great I think as we move forward on this, a, a great goal in in making this a great thing is to make sure that you do, even if you don't have the church in common, you know, where you go to worship on Sunday morning, you like that, he doesn't dig that or whatever. That you have somebody in your life, somebody with a great marriage, with a great walk with the Lord that you trust, who, who you can ask questions of, who can give you advice, that is a very good and a very biblical thing to do as you're figuring this thing out. But if, it's, if this is a well-meaning person that just wants to make sure that you're okay, you can say that. You can say, hey, you know what? Every, this is great. I'm super excited about it. You should be excited for me. I'd love to talk about it if you want to. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. Now, as Matt said, if it's just nosiness and you need to figure out how to have a, uh, a conflict kind of conversation, write us back in. We can do that as well. But for I would say for, for most church folks of a given maturity level, hopefully, <laughs> what we've got is they're saying, hey, we care about you. We don't know this dude. We do know you. And uh, we want to make sure you're okay. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Thanks for caring about me. Um, let's talk about it sometime.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really sharp answer to uh, that question. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to close out on this and maybe look at one other aspect of this here, which I think is good for people who maybe don't have the experience with the addiction community, addiction recovery community. The addiction community is a different thing. We hope they join the recovery community. Yes. But for now, uh, a little separate. But and also stuff, this, and so some of this applies to, um, people who uh, do missions work. some on the supplies, mm-hmm. just people have weird work schedules or whatever. Um, the We would say that there are a bunch of things about church that are important, uh, mm-hmm. good teaching and fellowship and a place to serve. And ideally a, chur- a good church is just the best, most convenient place to get all those things. Mm-hmm. But it is a viable solution, at least for some people to piece all of that together. So right. I think this is maybe a good opportunity to look at less, there being two categories of people of church and not church versus people yeah. who are getting those needs met in church and people are getting them met elsewhere.
2: Absolutely right. I think there's way too much focus in Christian culture on Sunday morning. Uh what
0: consulting companies could that have come from?
2: Yes. I think that's you know there's that's just become such a, a you know a a thing that you can't just work around Mm -hmm. you know you you couldn't you can't be a christian unless you're in a church on a sunday morning uh but i you know recently i spoke to uh celebrate recovery group in lamont illinois and shout out to those people they are amazing
3: real quick if you're not in that world celebrate recovery is a 12-step program that is explicitly christian Mm -hmm. that's right so it's the it's the 12 steps but it is jesus is that higher power
2: exactly right And, and exactly as this question is talking about and the, the first thing that I told them is this feels more like church than any church I've ever been in. And uh, so I don't think in any way that you're losing out, uh, you know, a, you're you're not less Christian because you're there. And in some cases, depending on the group, you might be a little bit uh, more, you know. It's, it's been known to happen. There's more of a confessional element to that. There's more of right. a accountability element to that. Uh there's a lot less of hiding all of your sins. Hello, white church folk. You know what I'm talking about. Um, it, but I, I think it is worth uh, per this what what Matt's bringing up here to look at how good could this be and what sort of gaps if you're if you're asking are there gaps here that need to be filled? We can look at that. Uh, that you, basically you want to have worship, fellowship, Bible study, prayer. Those are your sort of your four big pillars. All four of those you can easily get done outside of Sunday morning, and for some of us, we're getting that done more effectively outside of Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, I, you know, I understand corporate prayer is really important, and a lot of people get a lot out of it. But for me to really get down to the the nuts and bolts on in my prayer life, I need to be alone. Yeah. Uh, my worship time is listening to the Bridge podcast in my car uh, when it comes out on Mondays. That's. I literally that's my worship time. I I and I covet that and it's an important part of my life. Uh Bible study, you know, a lot of people want to do that individually. I think it's great to do that as a group. Um uh you know, fellowship obviously involves group stuff, uh, but uh, you might get better fellowship at your twelve step program than you will anywhere else. <laughs> so it, it, it's easy to see that we're we may be ticking a lot of those boxes. Um uh without going to church uh, the 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 one thing we're not talking about here is is being pastored and, and and being mentored uh i know a huge number of people going to church on sunday that aren't being mentored by anyone or pastored in in, in terms of a direct uh, say that discipleship so if if that's a concern we do need to widen the net a, a great deal uh, I think the main thing to look at here is you have a uh, presumably a church family that you feel comfortable with, and you maybe would like to share that with him, and maybe he's just not so much into that. And I I feel you on that, and that's that's a tough thing, and it gets you thinking maybe we're in two different places spiritually because we're in two different places on Sunday morning and that kind of thing. But I think I I would encourage you to think about all of this in the positive in terms of can we do a 12-step program out of that church? You know, mm-hmm. Can we do a Bible study for people who are in recovery and do it on a Wednesday night in that church and and have that be part of the life of the church? And it, and it's okay for the guy that you're dating to say, well, I don't come to church on Sunday because you guys kind of suck. But this is really good. Yeah, it's great. And so I do the stuff that's good. And that's it. You know Sunday
3: morning was more like this. Maybe I'll come on Sunday morning. That's
2: right. You know, and but I think you want to think in terms of those positive things of rather than saying, well, you know, I don't like it and, and he doesn't like it, and you know, we're gonna say a lot of negative things and we're gonna have a negative attitude. Better to be on the positive side of that and let's find a way that we can maybe work these things together. Uh find a way to maybe inject a little bit of a different uh, heart and a different vibe in church. Maybe that leads to him going to church on Sunday morning, maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe the the uh, the the recovery group that you guys run on a Wednesday night becomes kind of more church than church to you, mm-hmm. and that's great too. So I think getting away from a legalistic and people pleasing mindset is exactly right, as these other brothers have said.
0: Exactly right. I think one thing I would I would just add to all the really really great stuff Glenn said there is there is a difference in what we're talking about here of this kind of thing a twelve step group or the, getting these uh, parts you need your spiritual light this way. As opposed to, um, well, you know, I play golf with guys once a week. So, you know, fellowship and stuff. Right. That's unless you're all Christian doing Christian stuff, right. that's not really the same thing. And that's exactly why, um, an AA, which, um, Alcoholics Anonymous Narcotics Anonymous, um, those are not explicitly Christian programs. They're pretty Christian programs. Yep. If you, yeah. if you, it doesn't, as you pointed out the question, it does, it takes about two words to, uh, switch that to an explicitly Christian thing, but they're, they're not explicitly Christian. That's a choice those organizations have made and it's the right one for them so that they can be a big 10 and help anybody needs addiction recovery. That's very smart things, but you have things like celebrate recovery where it's not church, but you're definitely doing all these things in a way pointed towards growing with the Lord. Oh yeah. And that's the thing about that, that is super different than, well, you know, yeah, you know, I'm dating a guy and he got confirmed when he was 13, but hasn't, you know, darker to the doors of a house of worship sense Mm -hmm. in any conceivable way. That's a different thing than working their steps, working their relationship with Jesus and, but doesn't do or dig the Sunday morning thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's an important distinction to make. And it's one that the the person you're referring to the question is on the right side of, and and not that you ever have to defend this to anyone, but that is the defense is Mm -hmm. this is not just not going to church. This is, someone who doesn't do that but is working on a relationship with the Lord the other ways which is just as valuable okay if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com thebridgechicago.tumblr.com thanks for listening we are going to take out the song this week we talked a lot about kind of worries and some of that stuff and this is a Jed Brewer worship song live Bridge called Cast My Cares take out yeah. that thanks for listening just remember we love you God loves you there's nothing you can do about it
2: say that podcast please don't stare directly into the wisdom <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> <laughs> that's special wisdom that's
4: You are seeking sacrifice